0: in
1: Welcome to Head to Table. It's the podcast where two friends get together and design a brand new short form RPG and then we'll play test it out as well for you. I'm Tom Rawson.
2: And I'm Tom Snowden. Hey Tom, you seen that Toy Story 4 trailer yet? I did see that Toy Story 4 trailer. I have a feeling that film is going to destroy me um, emotionally. Oh really? And- see, I watched it and was just like, oh man, this, ooh, I did not
1: enjoy that trailer. Really? Yeah. Also, I think this episode's coming out about three weeks after the trailer comes out. So there isn't so. If there people listen to this now, like, there's a new trailer out? Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Like, first of all, I feel like the Toy Story had the perfect ending, at the end of Toy Story 3. Um, it feels awkward, like, pulling it all back up again. The entry with these
2: weird ideas and mm, the philosophy of, like, what is a toy? Ugh. I know. But he was so, you know, the spork is so, is so charming and, and sweet. And, you know, he's going to teach Woody so much. <laughs> I think he'll just teach
1: Woody a sense of nihilism, right? He'll be like, oh my God, like a- anything yeah. can be a toy. I have no actual value. Like my entire value is just within a child's mind. And as
2: soon as I stop being a toy, I cease to exist. Right, okay. So Toy Story 5 is just going to be Woody as Sartre, Uh, (laughs) walking lonely down the roads. Uh, (laughs) What does it mean to (laughs) live?
1: Exactly. Anyway, Tom, before we get started with our episode, uh, I have a Tom and Tom's Game Nomicon for you. Absolutely. Hit hit me with it. Uh, Okay, so could you please explain to the listeners, for those who don't know, the meaning of the term Rule Zero?
2: hmm yeah absolutely so rule zero is a common rule uh, across a great many rpgs uh, and interestingly it's kind of a meta rule so the idea here is that is that is that you know we have all of these these rpg systems with all these intricate and elaborate uh rulings contained within these hardback books and rule zero just says that whatever they say the gm can if they wish choose to ignore them um <laughs> So yeah, the idea here is that that uh that if the if the GM's best judgment uh, is that is that uh, a particular ruling doesn't make sense or isn't applicable in this context, uh they can they can choose to ignore it. Uh it's it's a bit of a tricky one. I think it's a bit of a contentious one as well, especially uh, amongst designers because obviously they've they've put in the effort to make these rules for <laughs> some kind of purpose um, uh, and they don't want people just going uh, completely roughshod over them. It it I see what you mean, because in my mind, the real benefit of rule zero isn't
1: that it enables like pure, full creative power to the GM alone. It also means when I can't remember how a rule works, (laughs) I'm within my rights to just make it up like the
2: mechanic how I see fit. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think it works best when there are are kind of contradictions to common sense. Um, Yeah. Like when the rules violate common sense, uh, like for, for a GM to... Uh, to just make that ruling uh like I remember in a d and d game I was recently having a person polymorphed into an elephant so that they could jump higher uh because the jump is based <laughs> entirely upon strength score uh, and so rules as rules as written, obviously the elephant should be able to jump very, very high, yeah <laughs> uh, but I was like that is that is nonsense, and no. <laughs> You should be kept. Now that you've said that, I think they're running
1: so thin now on um, what's put in the new D&D books. There's definitely going to be a whole <laughs> chapter dedicated to animal jump heights now. Can
2: elephants jump?
1: <laughs> Marvellous. Well, I think the idea of uh, the, the use of Rule Zero could end up being very important in the game I'd like to make today, Tom. Mm. So my brief is I've realised that at no point yet in our vast library of games, I don't think we've made a sports game.
2: Have we? Hmm. Well, I don't know. Does, well, I suppose racing is kind of a sport. We have yeah, Dice Derby.
1: That's true, that's true. Well, a ball game then, let's say. Okay, and that first, is true. I, yeah, and at <laughs> first I was thinking, oh, we could do like a cool Shaolin soccer or you know, Mario Strikers style super football or rugby or something. But then I thought, why not just, since we're already making a new tabletop RPG, let's just make a new game. And basically I would like to design, uh, probably within a currently existing system, just because we're going to be making a lot already, let's say D&D, I'd like to design some bizarre, frantic, new, violent, aggressive <laughs> murder sports. <laughs> And come up some oh, rules
2: for playing it. The sport of our age. Yes, all need exactly. To see.
0: Mm.
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. That sounds incredible. So, the idea here is that we have some kind of uh, like ultra violent, kind of, I don't know, futuristic or fantasy style sport uh, in which competitors often die on the field. Um, and, <laughs> and you are one of these competitors. Is that a yes. general? That's okay. what I'm thinking, certainly okay nice i like
1: it so i think first thing we need to decide is is it a team game this murder ball because otherwise (laughs) are players playing as a a player on the pitch or are they playing as the whole team
2: Mm. well i like the idea of it being a team game Mm. uh just because team games tend to be cooler but i mean i i think it makes sense for a team game if if there's the possibility that we could have uh you know a a a group playing this game perhaps we could have a a multiple uh Mm, that makes sense uh, like uh you play as a whole team uh in in this in this arena yeah or perhaps Um, you play
1: as like the the captain in some way and you can sort of issue commands to your other teammates perhaps
2: yeah yeah well i guess i guess maybe for for our session maybe it should be something like that you play as a you play as a thing but i really do like the idea of of uh of designing this kind of team of characters, you know, each with their their unique kind of style and flavor uh, of of murderball exactly, style, yeah, style characters. I, I quite like the idea of this being quite a kind of flamboyant game. where mm-hmm. We have like you know big personality sort of uh, like figures, maybe like a kind of like wrestling esque. Uh, kind Yeah, of- I'd love to get some of those
1: big personalities. Yeah, perhaps we've got the like the the dramatic narratives. of wrestling involved here maybe we can combine all sports with just an even higher turnover of uh,
2: (laughs) 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 combatants
1: yeah because actually this will work well because i like i want this game to so a lot of our real world sports a lot of your skill and it really comes down to your physical prowess eventually like your strength your dexterity um well then that's not true as well i'm not saying that you know uh Obviously, intelligence on the pitch can be useful as well for you know strategizing. But in crazy D and D world, there's got to be a way that like all of these bizarre heroic archetypes have something that they can contribute to this game,
2: right? That is yeah. within the bounds of the rules. Absolutely. So I guess so. Just just drawing back to the very start, I guess the aim of the game is to get the, the some ball from one end of some kind of pitch to the other end. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. So okay. We have some notion of, of getting across a pitch. Uh and I, I guess what I like is the idea of this this arena filled with spectators, um, baying for blood. Um but but I coming back to the wrestling idea what I kind of quite like is the idea of 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 some of the major dynamics of this game being about trying to get the crowd on side. Mm,
1: yes, that's true. Yeah, there should definitely be some kind of mechanic where you can use your turn to progress down the field or perhaps do something to, yeah, win over the crowd. And perhaps the more support yeah. and cheering you're getting, that'll boost you in some way in, in later moves up the field, maybe.
2: Hmm, Okay. What about if we take that idea even a little bit further and have the kind of the crowd be like a a kind of um additional agent in the game like have them somehow control like some of the the kind of chaos or traps or 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 various like obstacles you face on the pitch.
1: Yes, I've got an idea. How about this game has some kind of labyrinth between the two sides. Yeah. The two end, like, and ba- basically in the and the audience or who wants to be a millionaire star can like vote on their things and that'll like change as bits of walls slide up and down to sort of push certain people into the way of traps or or each other or in certain scenarios maybe.
2: Yeah, I like this. I like this. So so maybe there's kind of moods that the the kind of the the crowd move between and as they do so like the way they influence the the game changes. I I call like the idea yes. I call like the idea if we if we focus on this as the like if we if we keep D&D as the raw mechanic and it's just like, you know, um you know we we just have the sort of central kind of things as you normally would the central skills in D&D you're rolling an athletics check you're rolling uh you know yeah. x y z these these kinds of things um, and you have magic or you don't you have a big sword or you don't um but the maybe like you know the crowd's mood like maneuvers between things like um angry or uh comedic or like what they're what they're hungering for, I guess maybe they're hungering for comedy in a moment, so you get more of a slapstick kind of encounter coming up, or they're hungering for bloodlust or something I see so so that the audience
1: has these certain states of their desires that mm. shift as the game goes on, and by successfully meeting those desires, that will get the crowd on side with you.
2: Yes, perfect. Yeah, no, that's exactly, yeah, that's a really good way of doing it.
1: Okay, so I'm imagining that a turn is essentially working out your um, strategy for the next sort of uh, brief few moments on the pitch, right? And maybe there's a couple of things you're allowed to do, a few decisions to make between reading the crowd, um, progressing up the field in some sense. And again, this field I'm imagining is this sort of constantly shifting a labyrinth of 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 blocks and walls and, and traps and such perhaps or is that a bit too complex
2: well, I, maybe? No, I quite I quite like the idea that what we're heading towards here is a game a little bit like the running man or something. Except you're in you're in a team, uh, you're you're going across this this very kind of like kind of paintball style like arena or something. You're trying to bypass an arena that's filled with like uh like different zones and traps. Mm. Um and yeah maybe like the 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 audience votes to kind of uh influence things that happen on this field like maybe they uh they release the 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 skeletons or something yes yes that makes sense yeah or they they just cast stinking cloud over what area Um, (laughs) but you i think what i'm trying to still figure out is like so i like that as the arena i like that as the as the 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 the, the, the aim is to get the ball off the other team and get it to the end Uh, and when you score you both maybe start at either end of the arena and whoever gets to the middle first uh, gets, uh, gets the the ball and can proceed on.
1: Um, and- yeah, I like that it, the fun comes from sort of reading the crowd and then pick it. So let's say you, you turn a corner and find yourself face-to-face with uh, a member of the opposing team with the, the murder ball in their hands. And if the crowd is screaming out for blood, then you obviously just want to fireball them. Uh, but if the crowd is calling out for... For drama, you might be like, so... Yes, exactly. We meet again,
0: Perseus. I remember when you were just a a (laughs) boy and we lived together on the farm. What happened to us, Perseus?
1: (laughs) Yes, that's so good. I like that. So now, do you think there needs to be any kind of check on reading the audience? Or do you think it's just you're always allowed to know in some sense as the player that might be more fun just to get straight to the because that's kind of funny the idea of getting it wrong
2: I don't know so maybe, I think what I was thinking and like maybe this is a bit complicated but maybe we, maybe we add two so maybe maybe we have the normal d d framework of initiative and moves within that but then yep. maybe every maybe every round you get like a a team move yes so one of the moves could be to to try and get insight on what exactly the mood of the crowd is. Uh, and one of the moves could maybe be to try and influence the mood of the crowd. So, like, you do a little bit of like, you know, your team Ooh. that that turn does some kind of showboating or something that you have to act out that tries to maneuver the crowd's mood in a different way. Yeah. So maybe they start hungering for blood or something because you've, I don't know, done some uh, impressive hacker or something during your uh, during your sequence that's got everyone a little bit more pumped up for. You know, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, to see something a bit more, uh,
1: you know, dramatic. Like yep. A- the way I see it is that the game is into these encounters, and at the end of each encounter, if you have successfully met the wants of the crowd, then there'll be some outcome that is beneficial to you. Perhaps they spin around and you get a chest with some magic item in, or perhaps they clear a, an easier path ahead. If you have not successfully pleased the crowd, then they will
2: uh, do something to slow you down or cause you issues. Okay, so I mean, I think what I kind of agree with that. But the way I was thinking about it slightly differently is, is like we stick with D and D rules, right? Yeah. So we definitely. have this 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 pitch and this area, um, and we have people on the the, the field on this on this uh, this in this arena, like all moved around um at various points um and on your turn you can maybe try and uh use your strength score to throw the throw the object to one of your friends or you know like any number of things like you normally would with in D. Yep. but what i was thinking is we have at the top of the turn like your team your team turn so like on initiative slot 20 or something yeah your, your team turn action and then this these the uh, uh the crowd also has an initiative slot and they can do something to the arena on their on their turn um so they might oh, choose to, I see they might choose to target anyone they want or like choose to like you know they might choose to try and hamper more your enemies or you depending upon whether like i think maybe they go at the end of the round right okay so they the the, the crowd goes at the very end of the round and over that round if you did if you did more in line with the crowd's mood yeah then you then you get like the the crowd will probably try and do things that are advantageous for your team and yeah. against the enemy team. Yeah. Um, But if you do things, you know, if you if you if the te- the other team has done more things that are that correlate with their mood, uh, then you're not going to have that kind of disadvantage. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting about this is we really are just playing D and D now uh, with like some kind of home, yeah. Uh, but home I like it. Sounds like we've got the
1: same. <laughs> Idea, except that you want to have the random events at the end of each round, whereas I was thinking the end of each um, encounter, essentially. But I'm happy to go with each round as well. Okay. And what were you thinking of as an encounter, though? I guess is the... uh, just uh, basically at any point where there is a, a pause to sort of roll for initiative type sort of deal. And as soon as that ends, okay. The I think the way, way I was end.
2: imagining it was like just in the game, you'll just end up remaining in, in initiative for the
1: whole time. Okay, that makes sense. Let's go with that then. So initiative twenty. Yeah, you get a team move to either read the crowd, a uh, check to move the crowd to a certain uh, desire, or to get a plus five on your next roll.
2: Yeah, maybe you nominate one person in the team to get a plus five. Maybe that's the way it works on their on their rolling. Yes, the, that makes more sense. Yeah, I like the, that in the the sequence. So yeah, like you kind of like that's the idea that the team can help set up like one thing uh, in the next in the next round.
1: Yep, that makes sense. I like it and. Oh yeah, and then on initiative count one, the crowd may do something. They'll either give you a boon or a disadvantage, or in some way they'll alter what the uh, the action, depending on
2: how well you've met their wants. Yeah. What I really like about this is if you have no idea what they want, you're all just gambling <laughs> on it. Yeah. So you just spend the entire round trying to be comedic for them, yeah. <laughs> for just them th- to th- unleash a dragon on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of like pratfalls and you know Yeah. Uh like you've you've pulled out your uh, your whistle to go <laughs> all the
1: time. yeah <laughs> um, how but, about this? Yeah. Just to add some extra rules both to the idea of how the game works, maybe you're only allowed to kill someone in murder ball if they're holding the ball
2: at that time <laughs> okay, so if they if they manage to pass the ball before you murder them, then you are just a convicted murderer
1: it, exactly yeah I'm, I'm like, I, you get a, you get a penalty to the game if you kill someone who hasn't got the ball in some way.
2: okay. 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 Yeah, I like it.
1: Sounds like a plan. Then, in that case, all we need, Tom, is a, a list of
2: some moods of the crowd. Okay. Well, I think I think the the two obvious ones are pretty well. Three obvious ones are pretty drama, comedy, and bloodthirsty. Yep. Right. I like bloodthirsty. Well, do we want too many though? Because if you don't, if you have no way of guessing, unless you spend your team action to uh, to to get it, and even then, you have to probably pass some kind of insight check as a team or something right you're right um, you're right maybe we should keep it at the three blood laughs and drama blood laughs and drama okay yeah i mean I think that makes sense it's quite a good kind of uh rock paper scissors-esque kind of version of it in a way isn't it yeah yeah i think so indeed well is there anything else you think we need to add tom i mean the only thing i could think that we could possibly add is maybe like some rules on designing like personas or something but i don't know if that's worth it maybe it's better just to leave it to the uh, yeah like the, <sighs> The
1: player's imagination.
2: Exactly. I think
1: that sounds fun, but I think that sounds like something that would take a good
2: 20 minutes of discussion. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Well, I am ready then to head to table.
1: Okay, off we go. Okay, people, welcome back. Tom, are you ready to play... Our game?
2: I mean, I guess Murderball seems like too easy a name, right? Mm, I think so. I think so. Uh, I mean, that could be the name of the sport, but it's definitely not the name of our of our RPG.
1: Yeah, that's true. The other one thing <laughs> I thought of was maybe, um, so you're, you've got to battle your way through this constantly adapting maze, right, to get to the other side of the field with the ball? Yeah. So perhaps you could call it Maze Balls? amaze balls
2: <laughs> amaze balls i see
1: mm. um so to give you an idea of the setting i'm going to say tom you're going to be some um classics or DD uh fairy adventurers that have through their bizarre adventures accidentally found themselves to the plane of battle uh, the realm of tempest god of war and you've been Uh-oh. sort of enslaved like have you seen thor ragnarok yeah, Think like that, like a world of battle where like, ah, you have to fight for your freedom out there. Only, the, only the winning team is allowed to, to leave back to Faerun.
0: Hmm,
1: What was the name of that planet in Thor Ragnarok? Uh, Maybe we can just steal that. Yeah, I can't remember. Jeff
2: Goldblum planet. <laughs> How about we just call our game Tempest Goldblum Wants You to Fight? <laughs> it gets the message across, which I like it. <laughs> Oh, there's got to be some really good puns
1: on Tempus, though, right?
2: Yeah. Like, uh.
1: Temper Tempus or.
2: Yeah, uh. Sick Tempus Tyrannus. High Tempus Battle Ball. Ooh. All in, all in a neon
1: font. Maybe it's got an official sponsor Coca Cola's yeah. Battle
2: Ball. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Crucible? Like, that is pretty good, actually crucible of tempest the cruci- I mean, that sounds like some some rpg ass shit right there. yeah because cruci- i mean crucible of tempest would definitely be a module that's true the crucible of tempest i like it
1: let's go with it all right the crucible of tempest okay then tom so let me set the scene so you are going to be playing as uh a team of three adventurers okay and sure enough as i said you your adventures have left you stuck in the realm of tempus uh, and you've battled your way through five or six now of these games of crucible mm. and each time essentially Tempest has constructed this bizarre pitch about the size of a football pitch but the floor is just made up of this constantly shifting modules and pieces that are moved with audience input um, to throw all manner of bizarre interdimensional horrors and traps along the way. Gee. And you've bought, battled your way through. And the rules go like this, Tom. So somewhere hidden in the maze starts the Crucible, and the Crucible is actually like a large spiked maul on a chain with a handle, kind of like a star. Wait, is it a morning star? the one that has a chain? I think that's a flail. Like a flail. I don't know. It's kind of like a flail, except instead of a rod, it's just
2: like a handle hang on nope you've lost me okay surely they
0: already have
1: just handles flails yeah but you know it's like a rod so you know like lord of the rings 3 the witch king has yeah. like that stick and it had a chain and then ball it went stick chain ball yeah okay yeah, yeah this goes like handle but when i say handle i mean kind
2: of like a uh a stirrup oh okay so it's like a it's like a sword basket or something yeah like a, exactly okay okay yeah okay i get it and the rules go like this
1: it it, it counts as a a classic d6 improvised weapon if you deal damage with the crucible you get a point if you kill someone that's holding the crucible you get five points shit but if you kill someone who is not holding the crucible you lose five points and finally, if you ever reach the end of the pitch with the Crucible, you get 15 points.
2: But there's only three other people on the other team. Maybe. In this case, yes. So, if I pick up the thing first... Yes. Then the most I can get is three points, but anyone who kills me gets five. No, every time you do damage with the Crucible, you get a point.
1: Oh. Oh, just damage any Don't damage at all nope any damage at all nice okay i'm seeing it i'm getting yeah. it them's the rules anyway now let's uh get you into the scene so essentially uh we're here down in the i guess green room i think it's televised oh, okay. in this crazy world and uh <laughs> there's like some tv execs getting you some glasses of water and whatnot please introduce me to your your
2: three fighters and maybe your team name as well okay so the first person you see uh is is drinking a a nice relaxing cup of of green tea um is is a halfling woman um who seems to be in in kind of a normal kind of business casual attire but it seems to be torn and battle-like worn from from the several things she's been through (laughs) through already uh she does have however like in in her she does have like a, a kind of like faintly kind of new agey look to her. like in a, in her jewelry and stuff. Um, like kind of big crystals and things. Um, and she's actually uh, across the, the sequence of the events people so far. She's, she's actually an incredibly competent monk, but she claims she's just been taking up uh, yoga in her lunch hours. <laughs> uh, her name is Deirdre. Uh, and uh, she, she's, she's uh, combatant number one in the team. Uh, combatant number two, uh, and, and probably my main character, is a hardened um several generations old uh warforged uh, rd18a uh, otherwise known as red he's a, a paladin of the law uh and nice. and serves only to uphold justice uh at the expense of criminals everywhere he he's just currently like a, uh trying to scrub off some some like rusted on blood from the last the last battle uh, and finally, uh, you see uh, the, the most bloodthirsty uh, and horrific of our team, um, only known as Grandma Proctor, uh, a divination wizard uh, and, and baker by trade, um, also sometimes known as the, the Butcher Baker for her, her love <laughs> of, uh, uh, of, of bakery-related murder. Um, she's having a whale of a time, uh, and is trying to ask more information about who she'll be facing off against. Fantastic. And
1: I think sure enough, uh, the producer comes down and goes, we need you up there in, uh, three minutes. Time to get moving. And you guys uh, will get up and heave your way out of the, uh, the cells that you are currently held in up to the podium. You, you enter in darkness, ready for the lights to come up and announce you to the crowd Uh, And sure enough, you're used to this scene when suddenly you hear, Ladies and gentlemen, and all manner of other magical creatures (laughs) who love battle, welcome (gasps) to the grand final of Crucible! And everyone's like, yay! he goes, this has been a long and dangerous season with some great competitors, but it all comes down to this. These two teams have fought their way through countless others. The winners of this battle shall be allowed to return home.
2: <laughs> you, you hear from behind the uh, the entrance way, like, "No, I want to stay here forever.
0: Got me just murdering on, keep my murdering times going."
2: What do you mean, send me back?
1: And, sh- and the voice goes, introducing your first... Wait, what was your team name again, Tom? I think
2: our team name is the Fog Wallops.
1: <laughs> Presenting. They've won the game and your hearts, and now they try to win their freedom. The Fogwallops. And suddenly the lights <laughs> come up. Uh, have you like got a song that wants to play as you all kind of like descend these stairs?
2: Mm, what would i choose as a as a song for this um i think red is just a huge fan of britney spears so i think uh, <laughs> i think it's just um i don't know toxic i think <laughs> yes, toxic comes on definitely
1: <laughs> as you come down and sure enough you descend a series of stairs down to your end of the pitch and as you take a step forward it's like the ground lifts up to meet your foot As you make your way down to the ground floor, some of you are sort of showboating as you go on down. The crowd are roaring and they love it, and you reach the bottom and you look out across the pitch. Again, about the size of a football pitch, but the ground is made up of loads of just very small, sort of centimeter square columns that the audience can just help sort of pull out of the ground and and shape and twist and meld in any way they want to create a a difficult and dangerous (laughs) route forward for you. And then you hear the voice up again, and facing them tonight, the most bloodthirsty, dangerous, and villainous team who ever has joined us here for the game. It's the Anorak All-Stars! And you can hear uh, suddenly the Brooklyn 99 theme tune starts up <laughs> as these three very scary figures emerge as the lights come down on them similarly you see first of all this large imposing scarred orc with sort of an eye missing um, that you recognise and you can see there's some big monitors that sort of zoomed in on them announcing their names there's Brutus the orc as he comes down sort of cheering and flexing Shit. his muscles next down there's an Etin that is bumbling his way down uh, with the, the names Grumble and Bumble appearing
2: does mm, this count as one competitor <laughs>
1: on the screen and lastly there is this large and imposing fully armored with a giant sort of helm as well covering their face uh known as just the
2: gray knight
0: Ooh, three strong boys well i'm gonna look forward to seeing what's under that armor
2: and she, red is just like affirmative
1: and uh I think you can see Coming down, let's see an early poll. Who do we think is going to take home the gold today? And you see like a, a sort of histogram appear with the two bars as people are voting. And you see that the Anarok <laughs> All-Stars win about 92% of the vote. <laughs> uh, I think Deirdre's like, we're being underestimated right now. <laughs> um. And we see also they say, and let's get a feeling for who the crowd wants to see take it home tonight. And this time you see it pushed to about, about 99% against you. The crowd loves uh the Enroc All-Stars.
2: What do they have that we do not? (laughs) Hey everyone (laughs) Grandma Proctor's like holding back red because he seems to be going for the stands. He's like, No no, they'll they'll learn to love us. They'll learn to love us. (laughs) You've heard rumors as well. The Grey Knight actually won
1: with his team uh the last uh Crucible tournament, but he chose to remain. You can do that? (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Anyway, you see the lights start to spin uh, as the game prepares to begin. And descending down from the ceiling, hanging from a chain, is the Crucible itself. And Mm. the announcer says, Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let us begin the Grand Final! And suddenly the ball drops. And just before it hits the ground, you see before you the pitch just erupts into this manner this bizarre labyrinthian mess of corridors and it's up to you what would you like to do tom the ball is stuck somewhere in the middle of
2: it so is the idea that i can try and get the crowd on side a bit now or like like do i get a team turn to start off with i'm just trying to understand you can do that now if you'd like like essentially at the moment
1: we're not even in initiative like if you'd like to do some things with the crowd that's okay you can have that for free at the moment
2: Okay, I think I think uh I think Red reaches into his uh, like opens up his breastplate and is like uh are you not entertained as he draws from the 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 cavity uh the head of a former competitor <laughs> that he had saved like in his thing and he's like he's like we are coming for you, Adorak All-Stars! And then just explodes the head in his hands. Uh, <laughs> wow. and, then, and then motions. Uh, I want to try and get the crowd to feel more bloodthirsty, I, uh, or like they want for blood. I love uh, and I think we, I think we head out into the labyrinth as a as a, as a a group.
1: That's fantastic. Sure enough, you head forth. And as you venture forth, uh, cutting your way through the, the weaving corridors, uh, you're very first met with your first obstacle when you go to step forward. Uh, when suddenly it's almost like a a giant trapdoor opens up, but you sort of catch yourself before you fall in, and jumping out is a giant sort of winged lion-type figure you recognise as a sphinx, who uh, jumps up and sort of holds himself um, up against the corridor, barring your way,
0: saying, None may reach the crucible! All right, all right, give us your... your riddle or whatever it is i'm a i'm a smart lady i get this well
1: the riddle you will have and the riddle is one of three i am offered to you but my number yet is one five two what am i hmm (laughs) it's a riddle i just thought up pretty good one if i say so myself
2: shit uh one of three i'm offered to you uh my number is one five two What things have one hundred and fifty two You can hear the crowds sort of all <sh> <puedo 000 sound> whispering whispering mm-hmm. can grandma Proctor take a an intelligence check to see if she knows? yes, take a history check okay uh pretty good at this. she's got a plus eight uh I got twenty three <laughs>
1: 23 is fantastic. And I think the first thing that Grandma remembers is you once beat a team early on in the run that was from the plane of Earth and you collected from the bodies of one of these competitors uh, a Nintendo 2DS and she was playing (laughs) a copy of Pokemon (laughs) X. And she's like, hmm, 152. The answer must be Pokemon 152. One of the three (gasps) starters. I don't know which Pokemon starter is one five two. Oh, no. Tom! You Are dis- you disappoint me? S-
0: S- Squirtle. Oh God! Oh my God! Uh, P- P- Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: The Sphinx is laughing. Like, um, no, m- you m- idiot!
0: M- m- Mew- Mewtwo. No, no. <laughs> it's from, it's from Golden <laughs> Silver. Jesus Christ! This is a very niche question. <laughs> so you see, no,
1: you idiot. And he sort of clicks his fingers, and you can see on the screens a figure appears. This kind of like weird little curvy, four-legged, creepy green thing with a leaf coming out of its head. He goes, "It's Chikorita, the grass starter oh, Jesus Pokemon Christ. from Pokemon Gold and Silver, or Heart Gold and Soul Silver on the DS." You idiots! I feel like this is how you know the gods are dick. <laughs> And uh, with that, the Sphinx rears up to strike you.
2: Uh, Well, I guess we engage in a combat. Yes, we do. What do you like to do? I guess Deirdre just like, uh, it's like, oh, for goodness sake, uh, and tries to punch him with a stunning strike so he can run past him. Good idea. He is currently above a trap door as well. (laughs) Hmm, So So that could work very well. Remind me what they have to do. Uh, so he will. So Deirdre has to try and hit the Sphinx, uh, and then they have to make a Constitution saving throw. A okie dokie. Uh So to hit, ooh, Deirdre got a fifteen. Is not enough. Oh, you jump forward and miss. <laughs> I mean, thinking about it, a, a, a Sphinx
0: is quite a high, like CR monster. So, like this, this is, is crucible, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you well, can just
1: wander in here and fight some skeletons or something. That's how I think. Here. It's now the Sphinx's turn, Tom. Christ Almighty God! And there's two claw attacks at Deirdre. Deirdre even. <laughs> the first one is a twenty-seven. That hits, all right. <laughs> the second one is an eighteen. Uh,
0: that also hits. I'm gonna do four D eight plus eight. Okay, bear in mind, Deirdre is a level four character. and Has. <laughs> 28 hit points. Oh, that's not
1: uh, 26.
0: <laughs> you take
1: 34 damage, Tom. Well, I guess
0: that's Deirdre, <laughs>
1: Couldn't make it past the first turn, eh? <laughs> However, the crowd roars as it swipes and knocks Deirdre unconscious, sort of blood splattering up across the walls. The crowd roars with pleasure. Yes, they scream, blood, blood. And they're, they're so happy that um, they sort of a drop a giant block that just crushes the sphinx. It like, sends it crushing down uh, in the trap door below. LAUGHTER
2: <laughs> Red is Red is, uh, for a moment, pauses uh, over the, the corpse of Deirdre and I think uh, just moves on. I guess we move deeper into the labyrinth. Okay, sure enough,
1: you uh, turn a corner and suddenly you can see the crucible in front of you. It seems like you've just got to run down this corridor and there's the crucible up on a plinth, just resting there, ready to be taken.
0: Uh, go get it, Red!
1: Uh, Grandma Proctor says as she casts haste on
2: him fantastic and i assume you're just running towards it yeah with his his extra movement that means he can uh dash twice and move uh so yeah that would be 90 feet of movement that's brilliant I does hasten right thinking give you advantage on
1: deck saves uh yes it does that'll be handy because as you run down the corridor suddenly the walls drop down and you can see there's a giant uh, array of machine guns Either side that just starts firing bullets at red. <laughs> Willie, okay. give me a deck save, Tom. Whoa. DC 15. All right.
2: Okay, with advantage. Uh... Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he's got um,
1: 24. It's amazing. The crowd watches in awe as red kind of goes bullet time. And this giant, chunky warforge just starts like. Doing spins around bullets and doing cartwheels like in the Matrix, dodge all the bullets, and you know this bizarre ballet down the corridor as you make your way through uh and you quick jump for the plant and you raise the crucible just as uh Grumble and Bumble,
2: the Etin, emerges as well, like,
1: hey,
0: that's our
1: crucible and he charges forward towards red. The
2: lore that applies here is finders, keepers. <laughs> so uh, we're in I initiative. Leap
1: off the plinth, I guess. We're in initiative here, Tom. Uh, so, so first up is your
2: team move in some sense. Okay. Um, so I think that... I think grandma Proctor's just going to try and like take a quick uh, suss out of the of the crowd see what they're hungering for um and and see if he, she can shout that down the corridor to uh, uh, to red um as she's waiting for these these magazines on these on these machine guns to expend themselves so she can <laughs> she can catch up Yeah you reckon you've got like a good just one turn before the the ammo is
1: spent and you read the crowd and you get the feeling that their aggression has kind of, sort of dimmed down somewhat and you think they're in the mood for a giggle they want, they want to see some laughs, and you shout this
2: out to Red, and it is now Red's yeah, yeah. turn. Okay, well, sure enough, in that case, I think Red wants to try and do some Jackie Chan-esque fighting kind of slapstick style. Uh, you know, like, do something like a... Oh, like bopping uh, the two heads and sort of... Yeah, definite, like yeah. Tapping, them, tapping them on their middle shoulder so they both look the same way, and then somehow wrapping the, uh, the flail around both heads and tightening it so they headbutt each other. Nice, I like um, that, I like that is, is going to be his aim so yeah i guess he'll i guess he'll attempt to do that with a flame okay i'll give you two choices here you can either roll to hit
1: but with disadvantage because you're trying to do something very specific or you can take a performance check to do so
2: okay i think i'll take that i think i'll take the performance check it's more about it's more about like he's not expecting it really to damage them all that much um this is a very kind of improvised approach he mostly just wants to to have the comedy of them headbutting themselves certainly um, okay give me uh, a performance check dc12 Okay, so I have a plus two here, so it's not possible. Um, I rolled a 16, so yeah, 18. You do just It's
1: aided by the fact that you've still got haste as well on you and you sort of spin around, uh, suddenly duck behind them. The Ettings like, try and look and follow you, but they're both pulled the wrong way. You tap that and, sure enough, like you say, you clonk these heads together. Uh, and sure enough, the, the the audience is in hysterics. It's laughing. You feel like you've definitely won them over. They were already... Two heads are worse than one. <laughs> you got a giggle from me there, Red. Good 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 going. <laughs> You'd already won them over with your amazing like bullet time dodges. Um, and the crowd is definitely on your side. It is, however, now the Ettin's turn. Uh, first thing that happens okay. is it sort of swings back with both arms to catch you, one with a battle axe in hand, the other with a
2: morning star. Um, ooh, <sighs> the battle axe gets a, a 16 to hit. With haste and everything else, that is a miss. Uh, can I use? A, is this a two-handed weapon or a one-handed? one-handed. Weapon? Do I have my shield up. Okay, in well, that case, I'm pretty armored right now. <laughs> uh, Red, because of his his careful character choices, has a, an AC with this haste on of twenty-four. Oh wow, that's very good. Well, the
1: Morning Star rolls a oh a seventeen plus seven is a twenty-four.
2: Okay, well that is a hit. Uh,
1: and you take this is over the Morning Star, so this is uh, sixteen damage. Ouch. Uh, As the Uh, the Morning Star hits you and sort of knocks you back somewhat. And it is now Grandma Proctor's turn.
2: Okay, cool. So I think she will uh, move away down the... Actually, will she Is there, are the are the machine guns still firing, or do they look like they might still fire? Uh
1: they I think are still firing on this turn. At the end of the round, they will have run out of ammo, but there could be there'll be a sort of a check to get past them, certainly. okay. In They'll which case I think
2: she will misty step past them. Oh very uh, nice yep. under the corridor. Sure thing. Um and then with the so that's a bonus action, and then with her action she will um just cast a firebolt at these this etin. So yeah, it's a uh, uh, and does uh, a 22 to hit. Uh, 22 is a hit, all right. Uh, and then she's at a level where she can do 2d10, um, so she does 10
1: damage. Marvellous. This thing is, however, still standing. But at the end of the turn, you can see that the audience is really on side, and you can see a, a vote tally coming through that comes in in your favour, and you see that firing out from the ground, spinning through the air, is this strange sort of um, uh, foot-length golden rod with sort of dials and gizmos spinning around it. Uh. And uh it's sort of landing at the feet of uh I think red since they like red the most is a wand of wonder. <laughs> okay. And on that you've now got uh, time for
2: a team move. Ooh, team move. Um okay, I think this time um so I think what Grandma Proctor will try and do is try and get the uh, try and get the crowd to change their mood, uh, and I think she does this by being like, um, like she likes it as though she her face suddenly goes like stops and she's like, "Grumble, is that you? Uh, oh, we we went to school
0: together. <laughs> do, do, don't you remember, uh, Little Miss Proctor? That, that, that was my name back in school. Now I'm Grandma Proctor." <laughs> I haven't seen you in years. <laughs> I I I used to have
2: a a, a real cr- crush on you. So I'm going to try and move the the feeling to a drama. I like it. You can see the crowd is like, no way, <laughs> that that
1: can't be true. Um, and I'm going to say like, give me a performance check for that
2: as well. Okay, all right. She is not that uh, that uh, that wonderful in these things. Uh, I rolled a critical fail. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can see, like, there's like a. You hear a couple of what's what what what, and then suddenly here, no, no,
0: no, no, she didn't, no, (laughs) No, that's not right. (laughs) Shut up, you. Yes, I did. You don't know shit about me. I'm Grandma Proctor. I'll wreck your fucking shit.
1: And you feel that you know the the mood has been shifted somewhat. You're not sure where to. Um, but they're, they're certainly not on board
2: of being moved by you. Uh, it is, however, now Red's turn. Okay. Well, I think Red will assume that they are in the uh, the thirst for blood, uh, and will just go all out on a on attempting to to murder this Etin. I guess. Okay. Uh, so yeah, first attack uh, with the uh, with the the. F- well, well, will he do this? Can it part, part of his movement? Can he kick the wand of wonder towards? grandma proctor yeah i'll let you do that sure thing okay he kicks the wand of wonders towards grandma proctor and then first attack with the flail uh is it plus anything or is it just a standard flail uh it's a strength check standard flail okay cool uh so he would get a 16 is a hit is a hit uh so he rolls for the failure it's just 1d6 you said right Mm um 1d6 plus 4 uh so he gets five on the thing, but I think he will also do a Divine Smite. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, at uh, first level, so it's 2d8 as well. Uh, so there's another five, so uh, it's 10 damage. Very uh, good. Second attack with a flail uh, is definitely going to hit, because the first one hit, um, with a total of 20. Um, and he does uh, nine damage and another Divine Smite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh uh and that's a total of 12 so he does a total of 23 damage that turn fantastic on, on the on the the second hit
1: very good time you can see as these you smash down the flail on top of this etin you can see the scoreboard clocks up two points <laughs> to uh the fog wallops uh it is now the etin's turn and i think you see him rear but again sort of at the same time this battle axe and Morningstar swing around uh, and he goes to strike at you with both of them overhead uh, and completely like overshoots I think one of them tries to sort of swing early that throws off the weight and they just crash to the ground sort of roll across the ground um, banging their heads on like a raised ground <laughs> as they go and it's just a complete farce and you can see the audience is like
0: oh, oh cr- crumble and bumble oh, let are down oh we love crumble and bumble well, so much. Shit.
2: Shit. And it is now Grandma Proctor's turn. I think she picks up the wand of wonder, uh, and the 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 audience member, if she's managed to pick him out, the one that was naysaying about her going to school with Grumble, <laughs> uh, Grandma Proctor being. Uh, Uh, chaotic uh, evil um, and having very little respect for the (laughs) rules of the game. Point her wand of wonder at that fellow uh, and and blast away. Okay, roll a D100 to see what effect happens. Absolutely. Uh, I got 73.
1: 73? (laughs) 73 is you cast Fireball. (laughs) (laughs) So you just see a giant explosion (laughs) erupt from the crowd as you kill probably about 40 of Oh I'm
0: sorry was that me?
1: (laughs) the witnesses of this game and for an audience that at that point was in the mood for some giggles (laughs) they're very much not an immediate fan and you can hear sort of the the sort of tombola sound effects of uh, the the audience voting for what they want to happen and you can see overwhelming (laughs) disapproval of Grandma Proctor (laughs) And what are they going to do? I think I think what happens is suddenly, uh, some cannons like emerge from the walls <laughs> Oh God. and just launch these like giant, squelching, slimy balls that just like erupt and like smash into Grandma Proctor. Give me a dexterity save to try and dodge the worst of these.
0: OK.
2: Uh, she did actually do very well, uh, with --Is she within 10 feet of red? No, she's not. Damn. Um, okay. In which case, you got a nineteen. Is still a fail. It was DC twenty. Tom.
0: Shit.
1: Uh, and you realise that you've just been had like a dozen or so slimes fired at you, oozes, and <laughs> grandma props now entirely coated in these oozes and like stuck in the middle of them. And it's back to the start, I suppose. Uh, the, you can see the field is shifting, and there is like um, a clear runway down to the other
2: side of the pitch. Uh, it is the your team move again okay um so i think uh grandma covered in the slimes will i think i'm gonna give her advantage this round to to try and or you know the plus five to try and uh escape this uh although she can just misty step out of them i guess so I don't know, would she require a check to Misty step out of them, or will she be okay? I don't know. I'll see how I feel nearer the time. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to give her a plus five because I don't trust your capricious whims. (laughs) Very well.
1: (laughs) And it's now Red's
2: turn. Okay, uh, well, I think Red will... um, uh, Well, I think just get more points on the board then. Uh, I actually forgot last time that he gets three goes because he's got haste on him at the moment. So, yeah, let's... uh, First one... Uh, it's going to be a hit i'll just roll all of them yeah just go for it just give me the total Uh, damage
1: on three hits they have an ac uh, of 12
2: uh okay so he hit twice uh he missed on the final one um and he does a total of 39 damage this
1: round 39 damage well as you land those two hits sure enough you see um your score on the board move up to four points however tom you lose control and just smashing down on Grumble and Bumbles. They're like, "Oh, jeez!" Oh, oh, until finally you just crush both the heads <laughs> under the flyer, and you're sort of cheering your arms. And you hear the audience booing as you look up and realise you've just killed someone who wasn't holding the crucible Tom. Oh,
2: it doesn't like I thought. If I kind of figured if you were holding the crucible, it would be okay. But no, no, Damn. you've broken, and you see all your four points reduced to minus one
1: you've also not pleased the crowd tom <laughs> <laughs> the rules of this get gal- I think red is very confused he's like what am i supposed to do uh and it is now grumble and Bumble's turn's over
2: um what would uh grandma proctor like to do so i think she will she'll like realize this problem i think she's going to attempt to misty step out of this thing towards grumble and uh bumble their body and, like, be uh, like hunched over uh, and be like, Bumble, no!
0: My, my lost love!
2: <laughs> I like the, it. The
0: drama of this situation is so overwhelming. How will I ever live?
1: You pound Damn the Damn you,
0: Red! Damn you!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give me another DC 10 performance check. I like that. It's going to be easier with the naysayers uh, explosively
2: silenced. <laughs> Also, she can take the plus five, I guess, from the prep earlier, right? Yes, she can. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, she gets a total
1: of 14. Fantastic. You hear the crowd start to, oh, oh no, Crumble and Bumble. She, she loved Crumble and Bumble. Oh, God. How could they do this? How could Red do this? And you can see that they're in tears there's close-up cameras of people you know there's solemn music playing as uh the, the crowd is awed and and won over by your actions um and i think what happens is you are catapulted through the air as the ground suddenly like explodes upwards in a spring-like fashion as you read uh, and the corpse of Grumble and Bumble goes flying through the air. And you sort of see, you look over this this entire maze. As you can see, like there's the Grey Knight and Brutus in there. Like, what, what the fuck? they watching you fly overhead. And I think you crash down onto the other side of the pitch. Um, and you're going to take 66 <laughs> fall damage from that. But anyone that survives is going to score some points.
2: Okay. You take... Da, 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 da. Red will almost certainly survive. Wizard Grandma Proctor may not. Although, I think she should, unless he, you roll all they sixes. They both take 19 damage. Okay, cool. They are both just alive. Well, Grandma Proctor is just alive. Red still has a way to go. So their bodies crumple somewhat as they hit the ground, but you can
1: hear the loud dinging sound as you rack up 15 points for getting the ball to the other side, hmm. bring up to a total of 14
2: and Tom, I think we're going to need to call it there, in the sake of time, right? Okay, perfect. All right, yeah. I think uh, I think uh, Grandma Proctor, uh, mad with power, expecting the game to reset, casts Luke Resilient Sphere on them to hold them both in place in the winning zone, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just like breaks the game as the points just continue to rack up. That's exactly what happens. You see, yeah, like the the
1: points like rack up towards. Uh, nine 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 nine
0: nine nine nine. And see, Tempest, like, no, no, my game, my crucible. I found the error in your code, Tempest.
1: <laughs> Mad words. hacks. <laughs> Tom, what did you think of Crucible?
2: I liked it. I think it would be a fun game to play with a group of people uh, as a as a D anD d like a like session or something. Definitely, um, yeah. That's each, I rose very quickly. Like it was a lot
1: of fun. Right, it seemed like yeah, a fun D anD D session that we just really yeah. couldn't do
2: justice yeah. in the playtest. I think in some ways, yeah, it's a difficult one because I think it was. Uh, I, I like the design. I like the idea of having these kind of team turns. I and mean, it is very within five E, right? I mean what oh, we've designed yeah. here it's is It's a like, module really. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like we've just designed a way to sort of add on like layer turns to have like crowd actions uh, and crowd responses. Yeah. But I think I think it makes sense, uh, like it works really well as a as a as a design for um like two team combat i can imagine it working really because well, i do actually run or i used to run two D games at once and it would be a really fun way to like have like a crossover episode yeah um, yeah like two two uh two groups having this thing if you could design a good uh, a good um arena and so on definitely because um, there's the thing
1: like you can do sort of vague pvp bits in D, but never really works right like essentially it's just whoever can get off the most damage quickly it makes more sense For like this team conflict, where their skills as a party are tested across, like yes, this bizarre sort of yeah dungeon maze. Essentially, they've got sort of battle through while fighting each
2: other along the way. And I quite like the idea, especially for you know, if you have like a bard or something in the group to have them have like you know, like the fact that social skills will play into it because it's about appealing to the crowd as well. Exactly, that gives you a big Uh, boon in yeah, yeah, this combat. Still, yeah, I think that's a really interesting module yeah. we've made but we haven't really made a game but i don't mind we didn't that <laughs> really make a game but i think i think maybe it could serve as the i mean like, this is the difficulty as well as the, of the way the podcast works is we only have you know half an hour or so to design the uh to design the the game and, yeah like there was no way we were going to be able to design like the framework for competitive stats and like things you could do on your turns all in this in this game but i, I really like what we have designed as a way for um like tracking a crowd dynamic and having them move between different states. Yeah, that I think that's good. a cool idea. Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, excellent. Well, thank you so much, everyone, uh, for listening to our creation of Crucible. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and if you like what you heard, then uh, please,
2: you know, tell a friend or uh, leave us a, a review on iTunes or Stitcher or something. That's always helpful. Absolutely. And thank you as ever to the band Call Me Malcolm for letting us use their music in our intro, outro and middletro. Uh, you can find their stuff on callmemalcolm.bandcamp.com. Uh, and I think we have a, an announcement this week. Um, we are bringing to a close Season 1 of Head to Table.
1: Indeed, we've made uh, a great fun series of games. Uh, what are we on, like 32? 34 if you count our actual play. Uh, a great series I've said, some great fun games that we've enjoyed making. But as you can probably tell, like we've noticed that there are some limitations slightly in our format, and we'd like to think of something to freshen up in Season 2. We have no idea what that is yet. Um, so we're going to uh, take a pause for a while at the end of season one with our fun suite of games, have a think about how we want to mix it up for season two, and then we'll carry on after a break. And I think that's all we really have to say. Have I forgotten anything there, Tom?
2: So we're not ending the podcast on, on this note. Uh, we will have uh, two more episodes uh, for you to listen to. Um, our final episode should be going up on April 29th, Uh, And after that, as Tom said, we'll be taking a brief break. And as we said, of course, we're
1: still debating exactly what form we want to take for season two. So if you have any ideas of something that you'd like to see us uh, give a go or some interesting creative directions, then please send us
2: a tweet our way because we'd love to hear some other people's thoughts on the matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So, yeah, as we said, uh, we will speak to you next week. This isn't the last from us. uh, And bye for now. Bye.